0: This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. Let's
1: go. 5-06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say Nature going home. I miss my life, miss my wife. For 15 months he was all alone Championship, champion, championship Leadership Podcast. Championship Leadership
0: Podcast with Nate Bailey. Hey, what's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast. And today I'm, I'm uh, really, really excited. We got Jason Redman. He is a retired U.S. Navy SEAL, New York Times best selling author with his first book, The Trident The Forging and Reforging of a Navy SEAL Leader um his newest book overcome which is amazing i've been listening to that and uh i just love it Uh, overcome crush adversity with the leadership techniques of america's toughest warriors he's married he's got three kids uh he's he's a coach he's a speaker he's an author like and and uh he's crushing it right now in life and i'm just honored to have him come on today to join us so thank you so much jason for being here i appreciate it
2: hey yeah man thanks for having me on just two veterans having a conversation, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Except we got to totally. be
2: careful. Veteran conversations, we, we, we start to let the F-bomb strikes fly. So,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. It's always funny I, when I do other yeah. veteran
2: podcasts.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, well, here, to start it off, to kind of kick the conversation off, um, and I'm, I'm excited because uh, leadership definitely is your thing, for sure. You're an officer uh, as a SEAL and with plenty of leadership experience. And now you take those, and you, and and, and uh, you're taking it to the civilian world, and how to how how can we take the lessons that you've learned from the experiences that you've had, and we apply that to like because we all go through you know like you said life's ambushes, right? Um, so, championship leadership is the name of my podcast. What comes to mind for you? Like, what does that mean to you when you hear championship leadership?
2: Well, obviously, I mean, if you look at the word champion, that denotes someone of elite performance, and uh, and that's one of the big things that I talk about when it comes to leadership, peak performance, elite performance. All of us, well, let me rephrase that. Most of us strive to achieve that level, especially in the entrepreneurial space. Uh, all of us are looking to achieve uh, that championship level, and that denotes that we are at the top, that we are performing at our peak and that we are really maximizing everything we do to uh, achieve our goals and achieve what we've set out to do within our business or within our lives. Um, You know, and the interesting thing about that, 90% of the time, our ability to achieve those things always comes back to the main things. And I look at all these different influencers, uh, entrepreneurs, and coaches that are in this space, and we all, for the most part, talk about the same things. You know, we may have different analogies to to relate to it, but uh, we all base it off our experience and it comes down to those basic principles which are you have to create structure, you have to create discipline, uh, you definitely have to lead your team and yourself, you have to build a good team of people around you, and you have to build that trust and credibility within your community to achieve that championship status. And the interesting thing about that is uh, all those things apply in the military, no different than they apply in the business world, no different than they apply in the sports world. Um, All those things are what lead to championship elite teams. And that's really what I talk about. Um, I bring to it a very unique experience uh, because uh, one of the things I talk about was a pretty high level failure I had in my career as a leader. And, you know, most people are very uncomfortable talking about their failures. As a matter of fact, most people want to brush them under the carpet yeah. and ignore that they happen and focus on all the successes, which is great. But the reality is everybody falls down. Everybody fails at some point. Everybody has setbacks. And, the, and if you can learn to look back on those and embrace them and, and, and um, get comfortable in the uncomfortableness of talking about that. Mm-hmm. That's where your most lessons are learned. And I I'll, and, and I'll, I'll tell you what, championships, elite performance and peak performance are built in your failures and they're built in your setbacks and fall downs. So that is the real perspective that I bring when I come talk to companies. Um, I became a voracious student of leadership after I actually screwed up and almost got kicked out. And it was only after that point that I really started to look at every leader I worked for, um, you know the good, the bad, the ugly, and really looked at myself, how what I could bring to the table to be a more effective leader in everything I did, you know reading all these books I could find on leadership and applying those things into my life, where they would work in the different situations that uh, that we were that we were addressing
0: yeah, thank you for that um, you know that incredible. Incredible uh, description of what championship leadership is to you. And, and you know, when you talk about the failures, it's, it is. It's it's so true. Well, I mean, I get it. Social media, not everyone wants to just hear about your failures all the time. But it's it's refreshing to see some of that uh, realness and authenticity that when people are willing to share it and have really nothing about it, just like, hey, man, yeah, I mean, we all do. <laughs> we, we all fail along the way. You know, you take it to the sports analogy of – some of the some of the greatest teams or individuals, depending on what sport they're in, like they they win the championships because of the failures leading to it. Right. Um, you know, they're taking that adversity, they're taking that experience that they learned in a high level situation where maybe, you know, they weren't equipped to handle it necessarily the way they would have hoped uh, that time. But then they, it drives them to come back and gives them the experience and the wisdom to then be successful later on in life. And uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's all about really is. Um, So if you could, you know, for the listeners that aren't familiar with you and your story, I mean, it's an incredible story. Uh, Maybe you could give us uh, a little bit of background on you and uh, what has brought you to where you are today and what you're up to.
2: Yeah, so I've, uh, it's been an amazing journey. You know, I started out as a very young man when I came in the military, I was only 17 years old when I joined, I joined when I was still in high school as part of a delayed entry program with a mindset and a vision of being a seal from actually even a couple of years earlier. I was about 15 when I decided I want to be a seal, and I'm I'm the most unlikely guy. Uh, you know, you would probably imagine uh, I'm not. You know, this great big six foot five Arnold Schwarzenegger looking guy. You know, I'm I'm five foot eight, and I tell you what, back then I was probably only about five six uh, when yeah. I enlisted at 17. Yeah, and I right. probably only weighed about 120 pounds. So I was not what most people would envision. As a matter of fact, I had a lot of people that, tons of people that told me I'd never make it, including the Navy recruiter when I first went yeah. in there and said, hey, I want to be a SEAL. But, um, you know, thankfully I have something inside me that if you tell me I can't do something, it just fuels my fire to do it even more. Yeah. And and set off on that path and got to SEAL training. I was um, I was 18 when I got to SEAL training, graduated in 19. And uh, went off into... Uh, this whirlwind career, this amazing career working with this elite group of professionals uh, at that time, I was working in Central and South America, doing counter drug operations and um, just kind of incredible to be so young you know twenty two years old, you know taught how to spanish. Yeah. I was a fluent Spanish speaker, and you know I'm working with million dollars of equipment, doing you know strategic missions down in these countries and 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 I was good at it. I was good at it. And it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. But at the same time, there were a couple of things that started to creep up that is always dangerous in young leaders. Uh, I see this a lot in professional sports when young men suddenly gain a lot of notoriety have a lot of money have a lot of prestige uh there are two uh dangerous companions to walk with and they are ego and arrogance and uh ego and arrogance became a couple of my companions Uh and um you know continued to excel got recommended for a commissioning program got commissioned as a brand new seal officer and right about the time that occurred the world had changed uh when I went off to school in 2001, uh, it was before 9-11. And while I was at school, 9-11 happened. By the time I came back, uh, all the SEAL teams at this point, almost all the SEAL teams were combat experienced. And we had changed almost all of our tactics. So mm-hmm. I, had become, I had come back from a very experienced uh, enlisted leader thinking, hey, man, I'm the man, I know everything, I'm going to be such a great leader uh, to a whole new world where everything that I'd learned in the past had really changed.
0: Uh
2: And, uh, and my ego and arrogance was too proud to admit, uh, hey, this is all new. And I really got to humble myself and slow down. And I really need to learn and, and, you know, admit, hey, I don't know how to do these things, guys, you know, I, I need to catch up, I need to, we need to slow down so I can learn. And I didn't. And it just kind of became this perfect storm where I was making mistakes. Uh, I was hanging on too tight and, uh, and kind of stumbling. And then I turned to something that so many of us do when we're going through these life ambushes. I started self-medicating, uh-huh. uh, you know, hanging out with the boys and drinking too much at night to drown my sorrows because I knew I was screwing up. So instead, of already I was damaging my credibility and I was only further, further damaging it with, uh, you know, the self-medication. Yeah. So all of that came to a uh, perfect storm uh, on our deployment in Afghanistan. Uh, I made a a bad call on a mission and uh, and no one no one was hurt or killed due to my call uh, but i 'll tell you what was hurt or killed. It was my professional reputation. it was my yeah. you know tactical decision making and leadership uh, decision making. And uh, and in the military, you all know, Nate, and those out there that are listening, you know, just because you make a bad call in combat doesn't necessarily mean uh, it's such a bad thing, as long as it can be a learning point, and as long as we can take it and absorb it and learn from it. And if I had just humbled myself and said, you know what, you're right, I made a bad call, let me learn from it. But I didn't. I pushed back and was like, ah, you guys are just throwing me under the bus. I made the right call. So all of that kind of led to this point where I had certain people who had been watching what had been going on over the last year, you know, the drinking, the stumbling, the mistakes, and, uh, and with that uh, bad mission call at the same time. And there were several of those people that were like, hey, man, get rid of this guy. This guy's dangerous. He's going to yeah. get somebody killed. So I found myself in uh, the most unlikely uh, of positions, a place where I never thought I'd be, uh, which was standing in front of my leadership, explaining to myself why they should keep me and why they shouldn't kick me out of the SEAL teams. And uh, a very humbling, humbling, very hard moment for me. And, um, and, and, And I had some leadership that believed in me. And said, "Hey, you've got a lot of potential. We just need to humble you. We got to bring you back down. You know, we got to flick away your two companions of ego and arrogance, and get you back to understanding that leadership is built on, you know, selflessness, on placing the men and the mission all ahead of you, uh, and it's not about you." And uh, and thankfully, they kind of yeah. shook me up, and they uh, one of the um, one of the aftermaths of that where they sent me to U.S. Army Ranger School. And I went to Ranger School, and and there's there's much more to that story. Yeah, well, what was the metali- was
0: the mentality? Was the ego still kind of there? Like, why do I have to go to the school?
2: It was absolutely it was at first, and you know, because yeah. I, I a lot of people are like, oh my god, you know. So when you got a second chance, when they didn't kick you out and they told you you were going to Ranger School, were you just like, thank God I got a new day? And no, I was still bitter. Uh, and I tell people, no joke either,
0: right? I mean, it's uh, it was not. Except things.
2: once again, ego and arrogance. I yeah. I went. I checked into Ranger School thinking I'd crush it. Oh, this is going to be easy. Okay. I've made it through SEAL training, yeah. and it was not. Ranger School is no joke. It is a very <laughs> tough school. Yeah. Um, SEAL training is harder. Everybody always asks me that, but yeah. Ranger yeah. School is a very hard school, and it is a great school. Yeah, And when I finally humbled myself and I kind of went through a series of hardships in ranger school where I got broken down to the lowest level, um, really hit rock bottom at the beginning of ranger school. And and this whole story is told in my first book, The Trident. Yeah. So if anybody wants to really get in the depths of um, the how this whole story unfolded, yeah. and you really want to peel back the onion on understanding how we look at ourselves and how we understand, understand our strengths and weaknesses as a leader, that is the journey of my first book. And, and uh, in Ranger School, I finally came to grips with, hey, man, you're not as great a leader as you think you are. You definitely are not adhering to the key tenets of leadership that are going to, A, enable you success, B, enable your team success. And most importantly, uh, C, make sure that nobody uh, um, carelessly gets killed. And that's one of the biggest things that mm-hmm. I started to recognize. So um, I kind of came up with this idea of, you know, well, what, what do I need to do to fix this? Because I recognized I had damaged my reputation as a leader. I had damaged my credibility. And there were a lot of guys who had worked with me uh, on that last appointment. And our community is a very small community yeah. that basically said, hey, don't work with this guy. He's dangerous. And um, thankfully, I had a great leader who brought me into his, you know, my next uh, troop And uh, he basically said, hey, I don't care what happened in the past. I've heard you've done good things. Uh, He said, all I care about is how you, you know, how you lead in the future. And he said, I'm going to give you the opportunities to lead. And he did. But it was a very long, humble road. It took me almost two years to really earn back the trust and build back uh, my respect and credibility with my teammates. Found myself in Iraq about the time I really started to earn that trust and credibility back. Uh, very arduous deployment. We were operating almost every night, you know, very active deployment, a lot of firefights, uh, pretty heavy combat. And, uh, but i gotten everything back on track and was ready to move on to the next level of my career. And uh, only one week before going home, we went out on a high level mission to go after the uh, number one leader uh, for the Anbar province. And I got myself all shot up in a machine gun ambush. Um stitched hit eight times between my body and body armor. Um, you know, two rounds to the arm that uh in the moment I thought had taken my arm off. And later, you know, they even talked about amputating my arm due to the damage. Yeah. Wow. And then I took a round in the face that did a tremendous amount of damage to my face, lost my nose. So in the blink of an eye, I had walked this incredibly hard journey of you know, fixing myself on the leadership spectrum. And, uh, and, and finally, redeeming myself and getting back to my career on track. And then suddenly, boom, I'm severely wounded. And I'm laying in a hospital bed, thinking to myself, man, my, my operational career is over. I'm going to be permanently disabled, and I'm going to be forever disfigured. Mm-hmm. And which was a really hard moment. But I'll be honest, I tell so many people, you know, you learn the most in your failures. You, know, you learn the most in the adversity and the setbacks. And that's why I encourage people to push out of your comfort zone and to, to go after those big goals. And don't worry so much about failing because you're going to learn so much through it if you're willing to push past. it. And that journey I had walked, uh, the leadership failure and earning back the trust and credibility of my teammates was probably the hardest journey I've ever walked. But it prepared me to be severely wounded. Because when I laid in that hospital bed and I was like, "Man, this stinks," but I've been through worse, and no different than how you made it through buds, no different than how you made it through Ranger School, no different than how you earned back the trust of your teammates. This is how you're going to get through this, you know, medical damage, and how you're going to figure out what the new path forward is, and uh, all that became pretty perfectly clear um, about. I don't know, a week and a half after I got to the hospital, um, I had some individuals that came into the room and basically were talking about what a, what, um, what a pity, you know, basically feeling sorry for me and basically saying that I would never have a positive outcome, that I would never be able to achieve success. Um, I'd always be struggling, you know, the, the, I don't know, born on the 4th of July version of the Wounded Warrior is basically what they were talking about. And when they left, I remember thinking to myself, is this, is this me? Is this truly my future? Is this what I have to look for? And I was like, no, you know, in life, we always have a choice. And this is where it comes right. down to. And this is one of the big things that I talk about, you know, choose positivity over negativity. Don't let others define you in where you're going to go. And this is an important part of leadership because it's the same for your team. It's the same for your business. It's the same for yourself. And uh, in that moment, I I chose to be a victor and not a victim, not lay there and feel sorry for myself, but instead to shape my own future, even though I didn't really know what the outcome was going to be. You know, I didn't know would I ever be operational again? Um, Who knew? But all I knew is I was going to keep driving forward and focus on that. And In that moment, when my wife came back in, I said, hey, never again, never again, I'm going to allow somebody to come into my room and feel sorry for me. I refuse to feel sorry for myself. And we put this sign, um, I wrote out this sign uh, to hang on the door. And it said, attention to all who enter here. If you're coming in this room with sadness or sorrow, uh, don't bother. The wounds that I received, I got in a job that I love, doing it for people that I love, defending the freedom of a country I deeply love. I'll make full recovery, what is full. That's the absolute utmost physically I have the ability to recover, and then I'll push that about 20% further through sheer mental tenacity. This room you're about to enter is a room of fun, optimism, intense rapid regrowth. If you're not prepared for that, go elsewhere. Yeah. And we signed it, the management, you know. That's because, awesome. I don't know, made sense. Yeah, right. And we put it on the door. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it took on a life of its own it ended up going viral it went all over the place It earned me an invitation to the white house to meet president bush and it's gone on to impact literally millions of people at this point but what i tell people is all of it goes back to a choice uh, and a choice where i didn't really know the future it was an unknown but all i knew was i was going to be positive and i was going to drive forward And look at the ripple effect effects that came out of that decision. And it can be the same for you. And it can be the same for your business. It may not always be the outcome that you hope for, but it's going to be a positively better outcome than if you lay there and just accept that you're a victim and never get up. So, so that, that kind of became the launch point. It, uh, you know, I started to become known as the Overcome Guy. I started getting asked to speak. Uh, I launched my own nonprofit to help wounded warriors. And um, I ran that for almost 10 years after I retired from the military or during and after I retired from the military. And then, um, you know, last year I made the decision to phase that down. We were doing a lot of good things, but uh, um I wanted to shift my focus to mental health within the Wounded Warrior community and within brain research. We're just losing too many guys to suicide. I've lost too many friends to suicide and my nonprofit was not focused on that. So Uh I looked for some that were and said, hey, I want to support you guys. And then I made the full on switch to the leadership and resiliency training uh, and started writing my second book, Overcome. So all of that is when then the last year and uh, that's been my journey and where i'm at trying to help people be the best version of themselves so that they can lead themselves and their companies to better success
0: yeah thank you for sharing all that i uh really appreciate it give some uh context to to who you are and and what you're all about um you know you talk a lot about choices right i mean um the decision the made in afghanistan that you talked about that uh truly affects you where you're at what you're doing going to ranger school i know you kind of skip over it a little bit but you were you you walked out on ranger school you attempted to walk out on ranger school after failing land nap again ego in a way um listen to the book to to like get these stories um it, you end up in the hospital people are coming in and they're like feeling sorry for you and they're talking almost like you're not even there right like you can't hear and uh <clears throat> i remember in the book you're talking about your wife coming in and like man you i don't Naturally, you, you're like, what is she going to think? How's she going to feel? How's she going to react? What? And of course, she, you know, not maybe not of course, but in your case, like, she, she came in and like did everything she needed to do to be there with you, no matter what was going to happen. Like, she just, I mean, she's 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 here so She's 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 by your side, right? She's she's going to be there for you, with you, like through anything. And um, you know, you put up the sign, uh, you, even. Um, your nonprofit organization and, and the adversity that, that pops up through that, that you talk about in your book that um, where they're, you know, talking about trying to get you off the board or to, to leave the company, to resign the company, like all these things, like, that you had to overcome and like the choices you talk about, the choices that you've had to make. And it's, it's just so, you know, and those chase choices will always be there. Like you're always going to be confronted with those and, and uh, how you react to one definitely is going to impact and affect future choices that you have as well. And how you choose to stand in those moments and stand up for yourself and what you want and what you're all about um, starts to really impact others as well, positively or negatively. And, and in your case, absolutely from from this very powerful, positive manner of, man, what a what an example to live by and uh to to be led by as a leader um but i know like it's not easy in that moment is it or is it no it's
2: absolutely not and it's not it's not always this snap decision either and i think that's important thing i mean i see some people out there that are they see the world in black and white, and and I sometimes have a bad habit of seeing the world in black and white. But there's always a little bit of gray, and, and sometimes it takes time. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But what I tell people is that um, as long as we're always looking at how do we get off that X, as long as we're always looking at how we, um, you know, how we lead ourselves and lead always. I mean, you know, the perfect example of this morning. I mean, in some ways. I'll be honest, I kicked myself a little bit this morning when I didn't get up at 5.30. I mean, it was just yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Uh, but I tell people, you also got to pace yourself. This is a long life. Yeah. Uh, it, is, it is a marathon. And there are going to be times that we need to sprint. And there are going to be times that we need to slow down and pace ourselves and kind of evaluate what's going on around us. And, and you know, in the grand scheme of things, I could probably kick myself and say, hey, you didn't, stay, you didn't stick to your structure and discipline this morning. Uh, But at the same time, that may reap better rewards for me by taking care of myself after a pretty arduous several days of speaking and traveling. So, you know, you have to find that balance in leadership. But at the end of the day, what I tell everybody is, it is choose the positive or the negative and look at how we're always moving the needle in our lives and always look at – Have I set goals for myself? And do I pull my compass out on a regular basis and say, am I still on course? If you're off course, here's the great news. You can get back on course. It's (laughs) never too late to get back on course. Um, But so many people, they get so far off course that the next thing they know, they're not getting up early and months and even years have gone by. And and they're so off course, but never too late uh, to
0: get yourself back on course. Yeah. Well um, you know you talk about getting off the x, and I definitely want to get into that, but uh, there 's also something I want to talk about uh, as well because I think it 's powerful, especially inside the leadership as a, you know if're if you 're in the military, if you uh, many of these listeners are entrepreneurs, business owners, you know trying to figure this this thing out called life and how to be successful and and create the life they want, the lifestyle that they want and make the impact that they want to and I, just a powerful quote that i 've heard you reference a few different times through a video through your book. Um, a leader, a championship leader that that impacted you. Um, you know, he said, "People will follow you if you give them a reason to." Yep. And uh, you know, maybe talk a little bit more about that and where you were at and you know, just how. You know, it seems like it was a really critical moment, something that really definitely changed your course a bit from where you were headed. It-
2: It did. And in my opinion, it is probably the most succinct and sound leadership advice I'd ever been given. And even to this day, I think it truly summarizes leadership. Um, I I teach three rules of leadership that I encourage people to follow. And and 80%, so the three rules of leadership are are number one, you have to lead yourself. This is the most critical rule of leadership. And really, 80% of leadership is
0: leading yourself. Um, If you you are- I yeah I hate to, I don't want to glance over that real quick because it it all starts with you like if you can't lead yourself I, how are you going to go lead someone else exactly and how can people trust in you how can people yeah. um, how can people
2: want to follow you if you lack structure discipline if you're an emotional basket case I mean all these things come back to you yet I meet so many people who when they think of leadership, they're focused on rule number two, which is to lead others. Sure. Uh, but they confuse leading others with telling others what to do and managing others. Yeah. When the reality of leading others, it's motivating and inspiring them to be successful uh, and giving them tool, the tools to do that. Um, and, and a lot of that started with rule number one, you're and inspiring yeah. them through your actions. You know, that, that's what already getting them, which goes back to what, you know, Vince Peterson had said to me, you know, people will follow you if you get, give them a reason to. I don't care how much someone has messed up. If suddenly they come back and they get themselves back on course, and, and over a period of time, and granted, you know, if they yeah. messed up pretty good, it may take some time. And there may be a group of people that will never forgive them for the mistakes they made. I mean, that's just part of life. Right. But the vast majority of people will, sit, will hear, oh, that guy messed up. Holy smokes, he's an amazing leader. I mean, I'd follow that guy because mm-hmm. he always does the right thing. He's always positive. He's always making sure that the people around him are taken care of and that we're accomplishing what needs to be done. People want good leadership. I yeah. mean, it's just the nature of the beast. So uh, it, it applies. And then rule number three is you got to lead always. You know, you, you, you can't pick and choose. Um, responsibility, right? Like- yep. And, and 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 maintaining that positive mindset, you know, just recognizing that, um, you know, this was a mistake that I that really damaged me in those years that I was self medicating by drinking. That definitely was not leading. Always, I was severely damaging my credibility as a leader, because we don't, we don't we're not looking for leaders who lose control of themselves and who you know make an ass of themselves. No. We're looking for leaders who lead, and and that's why you can't just take off your leadership hat. When you decide oh, I don't feel like being a leader at all. Now, don't get me wrong, there are going to be times you need to blow off steam, yeah. but it, it needs to be a very controlled environment where you're around trusted people, uh, and maybe it's only your own family. Yeah. Uh, and, and even then, you know, you're a leader within your family too. So right. I'm very careful of, uh, you know, I mean, for me, I've really cut back on, you know, almost any of that kind of stuff. I just yeah. kind of focus on how do I drive forward and move the needle in our lives.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, thank you. I love those three rules. Uh, yeah, powerful. We talk to us a little bit about get off the axe. So you know, you talk about this uh, definitely in the book, overcome, and getting off the axe from life's ambushes, right? So if you could maybe talk about that a little bit uh, for the listeners.
2: Yeah, so I, I survived an enemy, a pretty vicious enemy ambush, and uh, a- ambushes are designed to. Absolutely overwhelm the individuals who are in the attack point, and that attack point, we call it that attack point, we call it the X. And the idea in an ambush is to pin the enemy on the X and to try and put as much overwhelming firepower and explosions and everything you can to pin them down. That either you injure or kill them, or or if nothing else, they just get overwhelmed to the point they lose their will to fight. And I'd spent my entire adult life learning how to do that to the enemy and then on september 13 2007 i found what it felt like to be on the receiving end of that and it is an incredibly uncomfortable feeling i will be honest uh in the first few minutes of that fight you know i really wanted to be able to go hey time out guys stop shooting this sucks Uh, but but life doesn't work that way and uh and what i began to realize as over the next you know, 12 years working with wounded warriors, working with companies that have been through failure crisis, implementing massive change, uh, and working with individuals that have been through traumatic events in their lives, people do the same thing. They get overwhelmed. Uh, they, they stop functioning. They're in denial on what's happening. Yeah. And they get pinned on the X. And what I began to see is the longer you sit on the X, the harder it is to get off of it. And whether it's a physical ambush in life, a personal ambush, or whether it's a business ambush, it's the same. You get stuck on the X. So basically, I took all the principles that I had learned in special operations and started talking to people about, hey, everybody gets ambushed in life. We all have these unexpected attacks, these unexpected incidents that come along, whether it's a... I don't know. You found out, find out your spouse is having an affair and says, Hey, I want a divorce. Um, you know, that that's a life ambush or, you know, you go to the doctor and the doctor says, Hey, I'm sorry, you've got cancer. That's a life ambush. Um, or, or you suddenly in the blink of an eye, lose a loved one to an auto auto accident. That's a life ambush or, or, uh, you know, Like in my case, you get sued over a business deal. Um, That's a life ambush. These are all life ambushes that can pin you to the X. But if you can learn to be proactive in your thinking, if you can learn to have a step-by-step process to deal with that, it will enable you not to be overwhelmed and freeze and get stuck on the X. It will enable you to get into that mindset of, I have to get off the X as quickly as possible. Because you talk about championship leadership. What I've come to find over the last 12 years, whether it's in the military environment or whether it's in the civilian environment, uh, you know, people, teams, organizations, the individuals that get off the fastest are the ones that thrive. They are the ones that consistently achieve championship levels. They are the ones that consistently achieve elite performance because most people, when they get into ambushes, they waste a whole lot of time on – blame on focusing on what they lost on sorrow on pity on all these wasted emotions and this wasted time whereas elite performers and champions they immediately go it doesn't matter why this happened all that matters is that we get off the x as quickly as possible and drive forward and that makes the difference between elite performers and the average company or person who just sits there and feels sorry for themselves and either a never gets off the x or b it takes them so long that everybody's left them behind
0: yeah What's it like for you to, as you, you might be working with someone that's, that's gone through a major life ambush that you just talked about, a business that, that, uh, that's going through one of these um, moments in, in, in their business, and then, but yet you kind of see the light go on and then realize and then be able to implement the things that you're talking about and, and teaching and, and telling them about, Like, what's that like to see that happen for, to make that difference, that impact?
2: It's awesome. And it's happening all the time. I mean, whether it's a business or more often, it's an individual. Oftentimes when I speak or somebody reaches out to me on social media and just says, man, I cannot thank you enough. I watched your video or, you know, I just read your book and, you know, I've been stuck on the X because of X, Y, or Z that happened to me in my life. And your react methodology a step-by-step process to get off the X. They said, I, I needed it. And, you know, thank you. I'm finally starting to move forward. So, um, you know, it's exciting. It's just neat to know that um, you know I got a second chance, and I'm trying to pay it back. And it's
0: neat to see the impact of that. Well, I can imagine. What um? I always love asking this question. I know we we might have even talked about some of these situations already, but when I think of championship leaders, um, you know, I think of like they have they have a great vision um, for where they want to go, and many it's like the vision. <laughs> it's 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 one that they can see that not many others can see and then also with that comes like oh what are you doing what are you thinking why would you do that um for whatever reason right and a lot of people want to try and keep you from going down that path because they don't think it's the right play it's not the safe play it's not the guaranteed play whatever it might be but yet a championship leader will have the courage to make the decisions that they know are right for them in those moments. And uh, is there a moment for you where obviously you did make that decision to take that path? Cause it's got you right where you are today. Um, but yet like had you made uh, the other, the opposite decision, you could be somewhere very different in your life.
2: Yeah. I think the most pivotal decision that I've ever made was to stay in Ranger school um, out of my entire life. And, and, and it would not have happened if it hadn't been for the fact that, that, you know, Captain Vince Peterson hadn't been on the other side. You know, the Ranger colonel had not known him. I mean, you talk about a fake God moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was firmly convinced that I was leaving the military. I had even called my wife that night said, hey, I think my career's over. I failed this. It would have been over there. I'm right? done. I mean, it would Absolutely. I mean, we don't – the SEAL teams don't tolerate uh, failure. We're yeah. not they don't tolerate quitting. quitting you know they'll accept failure if you failed and just messed up yeah. you know but it's a whole nother thing to quit we don't tolerate quitting and and that's what i had done i had quit and uh and i was ashamed of it i i won't sure. lie you 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 nailed it um my ego got in the way yeah. and uh and you know even though as soon as the words came out of my mouth i was like what are you doing yeah. but uh but if it hadn't been for that moment where he had you know, convinced me and said, hey, because I told him, you know, when we were talking, I said, hey, the guys will never follow me again. I've messed up too much. And that's when he gave me that advice. People will follow you if you give them a reason to. He said, go cross this school finish Ranger school, finish strong, come back to the SEAL team, start leading, stop focusing on what others think and focus on you leading yourself. They'll follow you if you give them a reason to. And that was kind of the light bulb that went off in my head. Hey, it's never too late. We can always fix it. You know, you may not win everybody over, but you know, you'll win the majority over and that's all that matters in leadership. So, uh, and that was the turning point. Um, But I'll be honest, if that had not happened, It'd be a whole different path. In 2005, I would have been out of the military and I don't know, who knows what I'd be doing. I'd maybe a Walmart greeter or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, As we start to wrap it up here, I want to, you know, what are, do you have one or two things that you could share with the listeners that like, if they took it and put it into action today for their life, um, it would help them to move forward.
2: Yeah. I, so I teach three things. And actually, this is a brand new thing, uh, Nate. Uh, awesome. I actually introduced it for the first time at uh, at my b- presentation I did in Vegas on Saturday. And it's something I've been playing with for a while. Um, you know, acronyms and things that stick in our head are always a critical thing that we can easily implement. Um, yeah. and, and, and it is about leadership. So what I tell people is Anyone can learn to lead. I meet so many people who are like, oh, I've messed up too much. Or, I'm too far behind the power curve or I don't know how to lead. I'm not a good leader. You know, all the excuses in the world. I can't run a company because I'm not a good leader. Anyone can learn to lead. And if you follow these principles and learn as an acronym for leadership, So, the first one, the L stands for the three rules of leadership. You got to lead yourself, you got to lead others, you got to lead always. And in my new book, Overcome, we get pretty deep in depth on how those things apply. E stands for you got to engage your teams through trust. This is such a critical component because, once again, when we build teams, we have a natural tendency sometimes to. Uh, have as a leader to have more of an authoritarian idea of leadership. I'm going to tell you what to do and I expect you to do it. But (laughs) if you provide your people ownership of the goals and the vision and where you want to go, and then you trust them to execute it, there's going to be so much more buy-in in in your company, you know, push that decision down to the decision-making down to the lowest levels and And you will grow so much faster, so much big companies have so much bureaucracy, and they don 't do this. so engage teams through trust a active communication so many leaders are one way leaders you know they they put out information uh, so they communicate you know with putting out information, although even some leaders are really bad at that they don 't even put out information. But the flip side, active communication is it's a two-way street. We're listening to what our people are saying. They're telling us, hey, you know, we're going down this road. We're hitting these roadblocks. Okay, well, how do we fix that? Active communication, a critical part of leadership. Yeah. Uh, R stands for respect. You know, respect, A, respect the position of leadership. Man, it is an honor to lead. Yeah. So respect that position and respect the people you lead, all up and down your chain of command, man. they Every single person you have plays a part in your organization. So, Make an active habit of thanking them, respecting them, giving them praise. Uh, yeah. and, and it will, it, for the flip side, they will respect you even more, which leads more strength to your organization. And then the last one, N, there's no shortcuts to being a good leader. Uh, uh, I love it. Is, no magic pills? No magic pills, man. There's no shortcut, you know, and that, that yeah. was the mistake I made no, in true. Afghanistan. I thought that I was, you know, hey, look at me. I'm going to be this great leader. Here's this shortcut. I'm going to go down and save the day. And yeah. the real world doesn't work that way. It's not a Hollywood movie. It is uh, sustained, superior performance over time is what makes great leadership. Experience is what makes great leadership. You're going to fail. You're going to fall down. Get back up and and drive forward you know the faster you get up and get off the x the more respect your people are going to have for you and own it just own it and recognize there's no shortcut that's how you learn to lead apply those things and i guarantee you'll be a good leader too
0: incredible uh thank you yeah that's great i love it thank you so much what's uh real quick where are you headed where, what's, what's what's uh what's ahead of you the next five years like what do you what's the impact you want to make difference you want to make what, what are you looking to to do over these next five years so there's more books out there i mean i want to get out yeah. there on a,
2: on a national level i mean i'd like to get at the same level as uh you know get national uh, at the same level i'd love to hit the same level as Jocko. so i great. love Jocko. i got my sights on jaco uh man. you know he's doing some great things and mm-hmm. i'd love to get into the business world on the same side as that Um, you know, I'm launching new coaching and consulting programs and just getting out there and trying to get a a regular name, get this phrase into people's home, teach them how to get off the X, how to react and overcome, how to learn to lead all these things that I know are going to make them better. You know, I, I, there's a lot of people that focus specifically on, um, one single thing, you know, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to make more money, or I'm going to teach you how to be in better shape, or I'm going to teach you how to, um, you know, I don't know, have a better relationship or things like that. But the reality is there's a deeper layer. None of that stuff matters if you don't know how to lead yourself, build structure and discipline, because all those things come back to you. How do you you build and lead yourself? So anyways, that's my goal in five years is to get the Jason Redmond brand uh, out there on a national level where companies and individuals say, man, I love what
0: this guy's teaching. It's making a difference in my life. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt you would do that. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, what are a few ways? Well, yeah, like how can we get the books? Like how can we follow you and find out more about what you're doing and get a hold of you if they want to work with you and bring you on uh, to their team to, for leadership and, and everything that you offer?
2: Absolutely. So I got uh, two websites, although you can get to them the same way. JasonRedmond.com is my main speaking website. So if you want to learn more about me coming in and speaking for your company, motivating and Inspiring, go to JasonRedmond.com. From there, it'll take you getoffx.com. And that is my coaching and consulting website. Um, And it's there that also we have our online store where I've got Overcome products and we've got the books. Um, Overcome, the book has not been available for uh, signed copies yet. Although uh, later this week uh, or the very beginning of next week, that'll go live because we've had tons of people asking for that. As a matter of fact, it's going to be a pretty cool bundle where we had a thousand um, specially made uh book coins, and actually, this is uh, this is one of those coins. If oh, you I'm gonna can give see. me one of those,
0: look at that! I like so, it. So, uh,
2: and uh, so it's got all my sayings on one side, and every coin is uh numbered. I don't know if you can okay. see the numbers, yeah. but they're numbered one to a thousand. We only had a thousand made. And uh, so we're doing a book bundle, you get a book and a sign, you get a signed book and a coin. So that'll be going live next week. And when those coins are gone, they're gone. They're limited edition, I will not buy anymore. So Love it. So, so there you go. That's all. And, and then I'm active on all the socials. Uh, Instagram is definitely the one I'm most active on. So follow me at Jason Redmond WW. I put out uh, good content, good motivational, inspirational content. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are really loving it. Every Monday I put something out called Monday Muster. It's about a five to eight minute video on Monday mornings I put out. And it is all about a motivating, positive, forward driving mindset and how we start the week off right to crush it, crush those goals and
0: make sure we're on course. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Uh, I've had a, I've had a great time and uh, thank you for sharing everything that you have. And uh, yeah, I just appreciate it.
2: Nate. Awesome, man. Thank you. Hey man, keep doing what you're doing. We need more champion leaders out there. I mean, you know, Hey, it's never too late. If you're listening to this and you think you're off track, Hey man, pull out your compass, get back on track. Anyone can learn to lead. Anyone can get off the X. Uh, You can do it.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah, man.
1: I'm gonna be a